Hey, hey, this episode is about some recent existential awakening and death experiences. Also, power and powerlessness, safety and being worthy of safety. And all the times, just a reference to all the times in my past lives that I've been the oppressor, the killer, the one that hurt, and how I'm working with that to step into an even deeper experience of safety and what I want to create in this life. Some questions for you about relationships and your feeling of safety and what you want to create in your life. The Embody Podcast accompanies you on your journey of remembering and embodying your true nature, integration and alignment with your vibrational clarity, self-love, and living a life of beauty and wholeness. It's a menu of transformative healing tools, experientials, meditations, and practices from a blend of family constellations, somatic therapies, and holistic and spiritual practices sprinkled with vulnerable conversations with people who have the courage to be themselves, Alive Now episodes with updates on my personal process, and reverie episodes that are spiritual succulents that honor, reveal, hug, shake, or stir you into love. I'm your host, Candice Wu, integrative and intuitive healing facilitator and artist. Hey everyone, it's been a minute since I've done an episode where I actually talked instead of recited a poem, um, and where I shared what's happening with me. So here's an Alive Now episode. Well, the last month has been pretty brutal for me emotionally, and luckily I have created the space in my life that I can devote my energy and and, um, time to just taking care of myself and diving deep into what's coming up. I wasn't really hoping to do that. I was actually hoping that the month of my birthday, which is March, that I would just spend it feeling joy that I would maybe meet my life partner or go outside and do things that were great for me. And I did get to do some of those things, but I had another existential death, so to say, an ego death, um, parts of me just wanting to dismantle and get destroyed and break down so that I could rebirth. It's the process of regeneration. And luckily, I saw it happening when it was happening. The whole month itself, and maybe even a little bit from February 2021 into March, I started to feel like these really big, important pieces of my healing were happening, bigger than, you know, just like the daily little things that might come up. This was going deep and it was, yes, coinciding with my desire for finding a life partner, finding someone to spend life with or this next phase of life with. And I still had to heal a lot of stuff. I definitely had to heal some pieces that I didn't even know about of my relationship with men, my relationship with a lover my feeling of safety in relationship to men. I'm, I do want 
a man. Um, some of you may know that I, I've dated women before, but it feels like I want to create a family. I want my draws towards a man now. And it it always has been more prevalent than my connection with women in, in that intimate kind of way. So <laughs> naturally, as I get clearer, as I got clearer and clearer on my vision for my next phase of life and what I wanted, all the stuff was percolating, all the stuff. And I knew it. It just was like, come on, is it endless or what? I mean, do you ever feel that way? And yeah, I do accept that it is kind of endless, but you know, the the big stuff, I was like, can the big stuff please end? This is so painful. This is so much. This is so much grief. This is so much loss. And what came up in the process was more existential loss, existential grief, like eternal grief. I can't even place where it's coming from. It's like the collective of my entire soul the accumulation of whatever I've been in contact with, whatever I've experienced, and leading to maybe the essence of things. This, if we get really into the essential, is the feeling of severing, the severing of my being, that I'm not whole, that I am separated in some way or that I need another to become whole or that that the experience of human form and you know the relationships we have that that can trigger this feeling of separation loss grief you know if I felt completely whole and were in that wholeness in the knowing of it I think that that grief loss and pain just wouldn't even exist. So I began to tap into that source energy that I'm completely whole. What if I were completely whole? What would I feel like? What would I be like from that very deep, deep, essential, spiritually atomic level? So finally, I got through the big, big mm, cavern, the big cave of that existential death and that whole month had been leading up to it and when I was in it it was like unnameable grief unnameable loss and I was like oh this is familiar (laughs) but it was like a really intense version and when I felt it hit the bottom in a sense it felt like the bottom. I was like, I am dying. This is the existential death. I know this place. Here I go again. And I had felt it in Mexico when uh, COVID first happened. And I have had been alone for like four months. <laughs> and I was tapping into some connection with Star Nation, the Star Nations that I'd been part of the dimensional experiences of you know losing or losing connection with the land of the star the other star nations that I'd been from and the families that I had um had there and feeling like I just kind of plopped myself onto earth there was that there was there were some 
other smaller versions of that existential death or spiritual awakening or existential crisis, you could say, that lead to awakening, that lead to a rebirth, that lead to like a breakdown of the constructs that were and into a more expanded self that's in touch, more in touch with source. That first one I talked about on the podcast was when I was in Bali and I just, I felt like I was lost. I was dissembling. I didn't know who I was anymore. That was a biggie. And as I've gone through a couple more this time, I didn't feel lost. I just felt alone. I felt big, big, intense emotions like they were the ocean. And um, I could see my way through it. I knew this was the dark night of the soul the day before, the, the moments before the sun comes up. And so I was like, oh, okay, you can do this. You got this. And um, I do feel a large capacity to hold all my feelings. And, you know, we are always challenged to grow in that next step. We are challenged to feel more. We are challenged to expand and stretch our energy systems, our spirits. We are challenged to bring in the new energies letting the new energies come into our bodies, that consciousness is coming through ourselves, our bodies that, you know, we need to integrate. And I experience that that pushes all of the things up that just are ready to go, the things, the baggage, the things that we hold that just don't fit with that consciousness. That's um, the next step for us. So I definitely feel like I up-leveled and upgraded I'm coming down from it. It's been like hmm, four, five, six days since the deep, deep section of it. By the time this is published, it will be a little longer. But now I'm in the place of that regeneration. I can feel in my body the stability, a new foundation, a new stability coming. I can feel joy coming back in to a large degree. I can feel more clarity and presence. And I'm no longer holding the same kind of fears of being alone, which were kind of like feeling like I'm by myself in my emotions and my experience. I know that I have very good friends. I have very good family and people that I can rely on. And they, they were there for me as well. And at the same time, there's there was that some some piece of separation. More, it's a more existential or spiritual concept, I guess. I can't. I don't know what word to use, but some feeling of loss to myself, loss to, you know, belonging or home. And so, yeah, I'm in this place of now feeling again in the brightness of my energy feeling soft, feeling the sun coming out. I want to say hopeful, but that's not quite the word I like. But some might say hopeful, optimistic. I feel confident. I feel like I'm going to get what I want. I always think about when I'm working with horses, you know, there's this confident stance that's completely grounded, 
that when I am in relationship with a horse and asking that horse to do something with me, which is not what I'm doing all the time. I sometimes just be in presence with them or spend time and play or let them tell me if they want scratches, listen to them. But when I am asking them to do something, when I want something of them, there's this place that I have to be in of a full confidence, fully accepting what I might receive, what this horse might do, but also expecting them to do what I'm asking. So it's enough confidence to expect it without rigidity, with some responsiveness to the moment, and they can totally feel it. You know, when I don't mean it, and maybe kids are like this too, you know, when you're telling your kids like you're going to do something and or the way you say something is not authentic, or if you're like, I'm leaving now, <laughs> and they call your bluff, horses definitely call your bluff every time that you're bluffing. And so there's this way that I've felt that same kind of energy when it comes to creation and holding a vision of what I desire next in my life, that expectation that it will happen, but then this fluidity that it's perhaps not on my timing, it's, or I can see what happens out of it. There's so much of myself that I don't know. And all those things will come up, or at least what needs to come up will come up. So holding a vision, expecting it to come, but not in a way that's so rigid because you're grasping or attached, but just because you know. Maybe it's the knowing. The knowing that what you desire is coming for you, is there for you. It's already in motion. It's already coming to meet me. All the forces are at play. And to say no to the things that aren't that. So, yeah. So when I expect or ask of a horse that feeling, it's an energetic stability, confidence that I exude that says, I'm asking this of you and I expect you to do it. I, And then they do whatever they do and then I respond to that. So if they did it, you know, if it happened as I asked, great, like celebrate, enjoy that moment together, this partnership with co-creation, this partnership with the outer world, if we're going to apply it to life and not just working with horses or being with kids. And if it was a response that wasn't what I asked for, that I ask again, I stay, stay with my vision, I stay with my intention and be stable in that intention. So I want to just touch base on some of the things that came up through the process of this last month and um, the culmination of my vision for a real true partnership, uh, a love, um, co-creating life together with someone, sharing dreams together, having a beautiful love. I was watching this um, Facebook video where 
a mama bear was bringing her five cubs across the road and there were all these people in cars stopped to allow them to cross. These baby cubs were just like all over the place, this poor mom, but she just was so patient. She like brought one across with her mouth and one followed her and the other two or three stayed back on the other side of the road. She went back to get them and another little one followed her back across. So she's just like going back and forth, back and forth, trying to get everyone across. And there, some of them are following, and some of them are are just disoriented and and going whatever way they feel like it, and kind of not quite getting what they're doing, what what she wanted them to do. I was just crying the whole time, and I was like, "Wow, what is this feeling?" I felt so connected with protection and safety from her, the mama bear, taking care of her cubs in that way, being patient, and then all the all the people in the cars being patient as well and protecting these bear family to go across. And I think that's just one moment that got me in touch with some parts of me that felt unsafe, that part parts of me that felt that this world isn't safe and that this showed me the contrast. And I've been working on my safety, feeling safe in my body, feeling safe here on earth, here in, in the world for a long time. And safety to me means I feel grounded in my body. I feel like I belong here. I feel like if whatever happens, I can protect myself. It doesn't mean that everyone around me or everything around me is safe. It just means that I have all my capacities to keep myself safe and can handle what comes. If something does hurt me, I can handle it or I can get support. I know what I feel that self confidence. That's a not quite what I want to say, but I feel the self-efficacy. And so this also came alongside some other feelings that were not coming with a context. I was feeling like, oh my goodness, I have been the killer before in different lives. I have been the one to oppress other people. I have one specific memory that came to me kind of sideways where I was the one who victimized my father in this life, who was not my father in a past life, but he was a friend. And I basically accused him of something that was a lie in order to save my own butt and the community, I knew this would happen, they killed him for it. When I realized that that life, I actually, it put everything into context. I was like, whoa, no wonder your dad in this life said to you one time in college, I wish you were never born. And that was brutal for me. Like it was hard to come back from that in our relationship. And it was really wounding for me, but I didn't even know the depths of that. And when I had felt this life where I was the one 
who basically abused my power and he ended up getting killed for it, executed. It all felt like, wow, okay, that gives me more information and I have a different kind of compassion for him. And it made me face these feelings of like, me being the oppressor, me being the perpetrator, me being the one who lied, who, you know, I'm just going to broaden it, who has stolen, who has put someone else in danger to protect myself or to take the advantage, to use my power against people. And why? And to me, I always see that, that kind of thing as being victim and being perpetrator really comes from the same energy of the belief beliefs of being unsafe in one form or another. All the times where I was, you know, the more easily memorable past lives for me and also stories from my ancestry and stories from this life, I have been more identified with being a slave, being the victim, being the one who got hurt, being the one who experienced violence, being a witch and being slaughtered. Where other times I chose to sacrifice myself and be killed for for another person out of love. So being a martyr But feeling that I'm the oppressor, that I'm the abuser, that is harder, (laughs) even though though it comes from feeling unsafe as well. And so I was feeling these feelings of like pain and remorse for all the times I had been that, which I cannot quite name. And it just led me to this grand sweep, it felt like. I'm sure there will be more, but for this round of healing, this grand sweep of all the times I felt unsafe, unsafe in myself, unsafe outside of me, where I thought safety had to be had outside versus internally. But also having safety outside is important. It starts to manifest, but that the source, realizing that the source of that safety is inside and that I'm worthy, I'm completely worthy of being safe being in safety, and that I am safe. If you're hearing this, you might not be in a safe situation, but is there any part of you that feels some of that self-efficacy or safety inside? Or is there any part of you that can recognize a safety outside, a person you trust? a place you can go, nature. If you're in a violent situation, what resource do you have? Where can you find that even droplet of safety to build upon so that you can create an internal safety that allows you to transform your whole life and maybe with the support of other people? But where I'm at now You know, I've been in unsafe situations, definitely, emotionally, sometimes physically, sometimes sexually. And now I'm in this energy of, this belief of, I create my own safety, a deeper safety that's of the 
of the core being in me that transcends body, but that can fill up this body and radiate outward into the space around me. And that connected with being safe to open up to men, being safe with men, that men are safe. And when I say those statements, I recognize that not all men are safe, but it was important for me to restore the part of me that could feel that men are safe and that I could imagine and visualize and feel the receiving of safety from men that are safe. I didn't want to replicate a dynamic with men again that I'm not safe or that I'm dependent on them for my safety as well. And of course, it also related to being safe with women and safe with people who are non-binary or other um, genders. But that has been easier for me to access. And which all gives me a discernment about my safety in the reality of life. There's a feeling of I am safe and therefore I'm, you know, I'm not in the survival energy, fight and flight energy or, or a frozen state where I can't see all the way around me. And maybe those more of those places in me will reveal, probably. But at the moment, feeling like I am here, I am safe, that gives me the alertness and discernment of what's truly safe around me and what's not. And I can create something, a dynamic that is beautiful and loving. So I released all these experiences where I've been in violence. I've been unsafe. And we think about, I think about the world right now and how many people are feeling unsafe. And maybe you're listening to this and thinking, I don't feel safe with X, Y, and Z kind of person or this government or this person in my life or that person on the news. And there are different degrees of intensity that that is felt. For some, it is a, a life-threatening experience, a possibility of death in this human form and possibility of death emotionally. There are real threats. And can we alchemize our inner experience? Can we take that if you have some semblance of safety? And if you don't, please, I hope you can get there. But if you have some semblance of safety, even if it's not full, build off of it, grow it, heal the wounds of feeling unsafe, be with what's what seems present now, let it reveal to you if there are things that hook up with the past that are just reliving itself over and over and over. You know, oppression, violence from one race to another, violence from gender to gender, all of this is just is like replication over and over. And sometimes there's a specific context we can find Sometimes it's not necessary. Sometimes we just can tap into that energy and heal with the emotions. I did a lot of forgiveness. I forgive myself for judging myself for all the times and dimensions in which I agreed to be the receiver of another's pain. 
in which I had to experience being a slave, where I had to experience others' violence, where I had to experience lack of safety, where I chose to be killed, where I chose to sacrifice my body or my identity or a piece of myself. And also, I forgive myself for judging myself for all the times and dimensions that I hurt another person, that I inflicted pain, that I inflicted violence, that I felt powerless and needed to power over another, where I felt so much fear and separation that I made another person feel it for me, where I did not feel worthy of safety where I thought safety could only be found outside of me, and that I could not create it myself. And I think it's interesting to mention here that um, BDSM and kink has been an area of this kind of safety for me. Using that experience of creating certain boundaries, letting someone know what triggers me, where my edges are, And ultimately, it being about my consent for this kind of experience that pushes me to those edges. I I had used it for more of like fun, but healing because I was working through some of these deeper feelings of being safe or not safe and allowing, it only really felt good to me when someone was very attuned to me, attuned to my senses, attuned to what I might be feeling, which is restorative of a kind of attunement that I didn't feel I got early in my life and maybe in other lives, a kind of being seen and responded to and then challenged, wrought to those edges, but that any moment I could say the safe word and it would all stop. So I had the ultimate control, but I could surrender into that space where I didn't have control as a more submissive role. But I was going into these places of what I wanted to feel, which is what I really didn't want to feel in a way. But I knew I did so that I could heal it, like the painful beliefs of not being seen, the painful beliefs of... um, that I deserve pain and then choosing to live them in a certain way where I'm able to surrender and it doesn't have power over me anymore. Creating trust with someone, feeling violated, feeling unprotected, punished, but being able to do it in in a safe platform. So just wanted to mention that in case that's interesting to you. There are a couple of times on the podcast I talked with guests about BDSM. Um, If you're interested, I'll link that in the show notes. And I'll also link the other existential crisis slash awakening experiences I had uh, that I did mention on the podcast. And, um, you know, just end this episode with this feeling that I'm ready to be cherished and treasured and build something and safety is not an issue anymore 
it's it's not it's still in my discernment it's just not like the primary focus of what i am focusing on okay that's <laughs> horrible grammar <laughs> i'm just saying that i'm really focusing on joy playfulness and the attributes that I want in a relationship and I get to focus on them with easefulness and this kind of presence in my body, um, readiness. So I'll also end with some questions for you in case you want to look into your life in reflection to this podcast. Were there things that triggered you or provoked you in a certain way were there reactions you had and can those be portals or keyholes to something for you around safety if you so desire to look there you don't have to of course around power dynamics around oppression or victimhood what do you desire in your relationships What experiences have brought you to notice how safe or unsafe you feel? Are there things you see in the news? Are there things you experience in your life? What beliefs do you have about your safety, about your power or where your power resides? What beliefs do you have about your wounding or victimhood? Is there righteousness? What do you believe about oppressors or perpetrators or people in power, so to say? And then where can you take time to celebrate and enjoy and rest? And I had the thought, what if, what if every moment for a day or more could be experienced as celebration? a savoring reward. Even if it's something that's cleansing itself through, if it's a sadness or a grief or an anger, could there be celebration in it? Is there more wholeness to be found? Thanks so much for listening today. I don't have much more for today. This was quite a bit. Um, Hopefully I'll be ready to share some stories of things that I have gone through this last month and month or two that are really fascinating to me, although I'm not sure if they will be to you. But I also love hearing from you if you want to share with me any questions for the podcast, any topic, topics or areas of interest. I have a a recent um, podcast listener just want to give a shout out to you for your question or your desire for me to talk about aging. I will do that soon. So if you're interested in aging or how do we look at that or what of it, (laughs) I'm not really sure yet where I'll go with it. We'll see. If uh, the podcast has touched you in any way and you want to give back or keep fueling this with some energy, I so deeply appreciate every single dollar, every single um, message or share that you put out there. You can easily make a 
a contribution through Venmo or on my website through CandiceWu.com support. Um, on Venmo, you can send it to at Candice, C-A-N-D-I-C-E, dash Wu, that's W-U, dash two. And um, if you want to send a little note, you know, just mentioning the podcast or whatever, that way I know it's for the podcast, that'd be great. I, I'm so touched and delighted when I receive those. And thank you so much for the people recently that have sent a contribution. Uh, it really touches my heart. So that's all for today. Sending you all lots of love. Imagining light around you as you take the next step in your life, in your day. And see you next time on the Embody Podcast.